This is the Cato Daily Podcast for Monday, April 23, 2018. I'm Caleb Brown. For those who are watching Mark Zuckerberg field basic questions about Facebook before Congress, you may have missed Mick Mulvaney, the embattled heir apparent at the throne of the embattled Consumer Financial Protection Bureau, also speaking before Congress. And what he said reveals just how problematic the agency's continued existence is. Cato's Diego Zuluaga comments. It's a weird thing to have a... Republican head of the Consumer Financial Protection Bureau go before Congress and uh, specifically take questions from Elizabeth Warren. And I think broadly, the CFPB is considered to be her baby. And um, to just essentially tell the people that he's gathered before, yeah, the statute says that I do have to come here, but the statute says that I don't have to answer any of your questions. And that is what Cordray was accused of doing, uh, so Mulvaney's predecessor, uh, when he was head of the CFPB, uh, showing up to Congress and listening to the questions and uh, politely all but declining to uh, answer and and, and not providing nearly as much uh, insight into the workings of the organization as most other agencies are in fact required to do. Uh, as you say, Elizabeth Warren was very involved in the design of, of this agency, and indeed Cordray was one of her allies. And over the first five years, uh, the agency operated in a very independent uh, way, uh, but it wasn't independent politically. It was clearly furthering uh, the agenda of, of one wing of the, of the Democratic Party. Okay, so now Cordray, as at head of CFPB, he left... And the uh, there was a big fight over who was going to head this agency and who was the rightful uh, head of this agency. He undertook, as, as head of CFPB, he undertook a whole bunch of uh, actions against uh, private you know, providers of financial products. Under Mulvaney, they've initiated none. Now, does this statute... Uh, that created CFPB, the Dodd-Frank Act that created CFPB, does that require that the agency be aggressive or take these actions? Or is he essentially legally allowed to just sort of sit on his hands as he's accused of by uh, people in the Senate? Well, there are several things here. Uh, The first one is that there is no requirement for the CFPB to uh, have a certain amount of regulatory output uh, every six months of, or, or however long that time frame may be. The second thing is that with Mulvaney coming in, he's clearly changed the stance of the agency. And I think a lot of energy is being spent on figuring out uh, whether the sort of expansive kind of rulemaking that the agency engaged in for the first five years uh, is adequate. And Mulvaney clearly doesn't think so. He thinks the CFPB, in his words, shouldn't, quote, push the envelope. Uh, And also, uh, they are continuing to prosecute cases that were uh, under investigation uh, before. Uh, So it's not like they're uh, sitting on their hands. But clearly, what we see is a much greater willingness to review a lot of the previous actions, because it is the case that uh, the CFPB under Cordray was very aggressive. And uh, you can already tell the impacts of a lot of their involvement in the auto lending market, for example, or in payday lending. Um, where uh, the, the range of products on offer has, has been reduced. There's a great deal of uncertainty. And certainly financial providers never felt like they uh, could figure out with any degree of certainty what was going to happen in the future to them. So where do the legal challenges to CFPB stand right now? 
So, so the agency's constitutionality was was challenged by a, a DC judge uh, a couple of years ago, and uh, um, a panel uh, later uh, overruled that uh, challenge to its constitutionality. So it looks like the CFPB is here to stay, and that the structure of the CFPB will have to change by legislation rather than uh, by any sort of judicial ruling. Is there any appetite for that in this Congress? I think there is. Uh, certainly on the Republican uh, side, there is appetite to uh, subject the agency to greater congressional oversight. That's exactly what uh, Mulvaney has requested. Firstly, that uh, the CFPB's budget, rather than come from the Fed at the request of the CFPB, that it be assigned through congressional appropriations, like the funding of a lot of these uh, other executive agencies uh, is determined. And then secondly, that the director uh, be much more uh, at the serving at the at the pleasure of the president rather than um, only be dismissed for cause, which is currently the right. This is the this is the one agency where uh, this president in particular would have trouble removing the head of the agency. The the funding apparatus for CFPB does not go through Congress. They can go to the Federal Reserve and just ask for money uh, to run their operations. So. Both Congress and the president. I mean, it, it's it strikes me. It continues to strike me as somewhere something that um, it exists to be unaccountable, and to the extent that this agency is shutting down companies or engaging in these aggressive actions, if the president and Congress don't like it, too bad. Yeah, well, that's the model of, of regulation that, that Elizabeth Warren wanted when she set up this agency. It's a very old-fashioned way of looking at regulators, right? It's thinking that regulators are these enlightened, completely independent, unbiased, disinterested uh, agents of the public good. And that therefore they need to be independent from politics so that they can do good uh, without uh, these pesky politicians coming in and pushing their own agendas onto them. That's a sort of model of regulation that prevailed in the 30s, but very quickly it emerged that Independence never is uh, like the ideal. You know, people in these agencies have their own ideas. First of all, they want to expand their remit. They want bigger budgets. They have views of their own as to how the financial system should operate. And that was clearly uh, at, uh, uh, apparent during the time that Richard Cordray uh, was in office. He, was, he clearly came in with the idea that there needed to be an activist agency restraining, uh, in, in his view, the practices of lenders to the benefit of some consumers, even if that meant uh, harming others. That was never explicitly recognized, but it was a trade-off that Cordray was very willing to engage in. And now what we see is that the structure of the CFPB is being used for the opposite political side. Now, the problem is not who's in charge, but rather what the structure of the agency uh, is that enables that kind of uh, volatility in policymaking. Now, does the structure of CFPB require that they balance the interests of some consumers and others? Because the, the mandate seems pretty clear. We're, we have to, we're going to act on behalf of the public, on behalf of uh, consumers with respect to financial products that they might buy or make use of. And it's not clear that they're asked to balance that interest against anything else. 
the Dodd-Frank statute is broad enough that you could interpret it as uh, achieving a balance. But clearly, the name of the agency is Consumer Financial Protection Bureau. It operates under the Fed, and the Fed is in charge of prudential regulation and making sure that things don't, or or trying to make sure, you know, whether they succeed is a different story, but uh, making sure that bank balance sheets are safe and sound and that there's financial stability. So clearly, the bias is for prudence, and the bias is for safety. There's been relatively little concern so far about promoting choice uh, and innovation. And indeed, one of the uh, reforms that I would say might be beneficial is to bring the CFPB under the Federal Trade Commission, which, unlike the Fed, does have a mandate of promoting competition and promoting dynamism in markets. And therefore, having the CFPB under there uh, might might better, might better achieve uh, th- that balance because it's clear that in consumer finance, the main driver of well-being in the last 40 or 50 years has been innovation in products. So the advent of credit cards, more recently the advent of online lenders that are able perhaps to lend at lower cost and on better terms to people, uh, better able to gauge risks. Uh, and that's really how you how you achieve um, access to uh, unsecured loans and cons- consumer loans uh, to a greater and greater number of people. So for people who uh, think the idea of the CFPB is a good one, uh, what would you tell them about the overlapping authorities of other agencies? I know Mick Mulvaney, when he came before Congress and, and started talking about this, uh, you know, Elizabeth Warren was arguing with him saying, look, if you um, had taken appropriate action, in, in her view, uh, certain groups of people would not have been – first responders, I think, were some of the people – would not have been taken advantage of by – these unscrupulous uh, practitioners in the financial markets. And uh, his response was, well, there are other federal agencies who have jurisdiction over this kind of thing. Is that universally true? Or is that just, might that just be true in this case? Or is it even true in this case? There are two things here. It's always hard to set up counterfactuals. But I would say that most of the uh, current um, jobs of the CFPB were done by uh, various agencies uh, previously, whether it was the FDIC or the OCC or the Fed. Um, so it is likely that a lot of these instances that Elizabeth Warren was bringing up uh, as, as as cases where without the CFPB nothing would have happened, that that isn't the case, that in fact another agency would have intervened. But not only that, even if there was some amount of um, dubious practices that wasn't intervened into, we also have to take into account the cost from having a regulator that is creating a lot of uncertainty in the market. There are a lot of people who are being hurt because they can't access consumer financial products, which in a more open, dynamic environment, they might be able to. Now, those are never included in the statistics because we never find out about them. But they're equally important as far as uh, achieving broader welfare in society uh, is concerned. I'm not diminishing what, uh, what uh, you know, the, the people affected by financial fraud have suffered. Uh, but it is important to be aware of this other side of the ledger. Diego Zuluaga is a policy analyst at the Cato Institute's Center for Monetary and Financial Alternatives. Subscribe to and rate the Cato Daily Podcast at iTunes and Google Play. And follow us on Twitter at Cato Podcast.